Welcome to the Satiated Podcast, where we explore physical and emotional hunger, satiation, and healing your relationship with your food and body. I'm your host, Stephanie Mara Fox, your somatic nutritional counselor. I'm looking forward to my conversation today with Jessica Lamar. Jessica is a two-time best-selling author, an intuitive guide and healer, mother of three, and the founder of Love Personal Growth, a female empowerment company. Jessica combines her engineering brain with holistic approaches to empower conscious, high-achieving women to awaken to their soul's calling and create an unapologetically aligned life. As a spiritual mentor, Jessica teaches high achievers intuitive and spiritual practices to solve some of life's greatest challenges. Welcome, Jessica. Thank you so much, Stephanie, for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, I'm thrilled to connect with you today and dive into our conversation just around personal self-growth and evolution. And I would love to first start with how you personally got into this work and the journey that you've been on. Absolutely. So I'll take you back to um, 2015 when I had two kids at the time Mm -hmm. and I was really stressed and overwhelmed and overworked and burned out. And I wouldn't have said this then, but I would say this now looking back, I was depressed. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I wanted something different, but I didn't know how to get it. I had worked my whole life. I said in third grade, I'm going to be an electrical engineer. And then I did. And I went into technology and I was doing what I thought would make me happy. Mm -hmm. And yet I wasn't happy. It was a really trying time. And then in 2017, I got pregnant with my third child and we were informed that my unborn child had cysts on the brain and kidney issues. And these were soft markers for trisomy 18, which is a chromosome condition in which the baby doesn't live. So my life completely shifted and I started to go within. I started to get curious, like questioning the purpose of life, the meaning of life. Like, why are we even here? Why are we even doing this? Of course, the anger, feeling so upset Mm -hmm. and alone and misunderstood. But what happened on that journey is nothing shy of a miracle. And on Cinco de Mayo, I gave birth to a baby in which nothing was wrong, not one thing. Mm -hmm. And they even had like the ultrasound scans that showed, right, that there were issues. And so it was a pure miracle. And I said in that moment, you know, that I had been so blessed, just show me the way universe, like I am ready just show me the way. And then the universe laughed a little bit. And I was like, all right, well, let's show you your way first. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know you want to help people because you've been helped, but you've got to do your work. So then I spent since 2017 and I continue to do the work, right? Once we start the healing work, there's not an end, if you will. And it's a beautiful path to awakening, to awakening the spirit within us, to awakening our true desires, to awakening our soul, to awakening our mind, to awakening our heart, to remembering what we came here for, to remembering how we're meant to be in this life. And so that's what I do now is I do the healing work, but I also help other women uncover that divine, intuitive, feminine knowing within them through healing empowerment. So doing that deep healing work. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. And oh my gosh, wow. (laughs) The word that comes to mind to me is what a blessing that, Mm -hmm. you know, everything went smoothly and you have this child in the world and everything is okay. And, you know, I know that in the hindsight, we can kind of look back and be like, wow, that was really hard. And I got through it. But I'm curious when you were in it and when you guide other women through it, you know, what have you found be supportive? Because sometimes it's like the, the dark night of the soul, you know, that mm-hmm. you, it just feels so heavy and so endless. 
like I'm wondering what supported you and those you have helped get through that portion of the healing journey. Yeah. In very, very simple terms, it's getting out of our head and into our body. It's getting out of our heads and back into our heart. But it can be really hard and really scary to get back into the body. It can feel unsafe. It can feel unknown. And when we're in the head, right, and and we're having these thoughts, we feel so disconnected. And so our goal, our job, when I say our, I mean each one of us individually, is to reconnect to the body, is to reconnect to our heart, is to reconnect to to what is right here. We've just been taught that it's not here, that it's somewhere else. And so we're all out there searching for this other thing that it is that we're trying to find. And so what I discovered is, oh, I just got to close my eyes and I just have to go right here within me. And I just need to uncover what I need. Yeah, I have found that when we're on a journey of, like you were pointing to, self-empowerment, Mm-hmm. We get these messages that that power comes externally. It comes from money. It comes from the people in our life. It comes from the career that we have. It comes from a body appearance and the way that we look. That empowerment, it starts to kind of shift when you come into the body and saying, oh, I get to choose. That empowerment that I'm looking for in my life has to come from within me. And I'm wondering if you've experienced that as well. Absolutely. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And through permission, right? We also believe that we need to get somebody else's permission in order to have that empowerment within us and realizing that we are the only ones who need to give ourselves the permission. Yeah. And that everyone deserves to feel empowered in their body and in their life. You know, I often find that there's like this power hierarchy that it's okay. You know, if someone else has power, then I can't. Mm. Or if someone is exuding more power than I feel like I have, then that diminishes mine. Where it's actually we all can feel empowered and respect each other's power in each other's lives. And what I have seen, let's connect to this just for a moment with relationship with food and body, is that when we start to step into what do I need, like you were referencing, and what do I want to feel empowered about in my life? That food starts to come in less to support us in navigating when we feel disempowered. You know, oftentimes when we feel like our sense of autonomy has been taken away from us, that food can really come in to help regulate because that can be such a dysregulating experience. And so as we step into, well, this is what I really want to say yes to. This is what I really want to say no to. And food gets to come in less or my focus on these other things actually gets to decrease because I'm starting to feel more in alignment with what resonates with me. Absolutely. I'll I'll share a couple things there. Number one on my journey, just in terms of how I fed my body is in 2017, I was eating Doritos, Pepsi, Mm. (laughs) all these things that didn't align, that didn't feel good. I struggled to go to the bathroom. I had IBS. I had, you know, all of these stomach issues. Now, fast forward to today and just tapping into my body and feeling so much better. I drink kombucha every day. I've cut gluten out. I've cut dairy out. And I have it occasionally, but not a lot, not an excess. And I drink at least 80 ounces of water a day. So I feel so much better. However, in those times in which I'm having this awakening that I want something more in life, 
or that I'm craving something more. And then there's that resistance to what I want, like it's not okay to have it. Then I'll want to control. So I'll move into this phase of control. And what'll happen is since I can't control the situation, I'll do things that I feel like, quote, I'm quoting right now, I can control. So I'll overeat, right? So I'll eat way more than I need to, even if it's healthy. Cause I was like, oh, well, once I start eating, you know, no dairy and no, we, uh, I'll be great. You could still overeat. Believe me, I've done oh, it. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or like the times that I ate, or I would say, oh, well, this cookie is vegan and gluten-free and I'm just going to eat this cookie because it tastes so good, right? And I started to notice that there was this trend, this correlation between sugar and how I felt. So sugar gave me this like high, if you will, of like, oh, I don't have to feel. And so what I started to do in terms of my relationship with food and, and emotions is if I would get up and go to the fridge, I would ask myself, what feeling am I trying to avoid? And once I did that, I was like, am I? Okay, I'm not really hungry. I'm going to walk away because I'm trying to avoid something or I'm trying to control something. Such a powerful question to ask. And, you know, I know for a lot who listen here, I like to normalize. Sometimes we're asking that question afterwards. <laughs> like sometimes it's not always possible. We're so in the dysregulation that's occurring that you're halfway through the cookie and being like, wait a second, what's going on here? So it's never too late to have that check-in and say, okay, what was I also trying to avoid? Or what was I not ready yet to feel? I think that's such a powerful question that you're bringing in. And I know that also you have, in your journey, supported individuals in a certain process that you like to guide them through towards this tuning into themselves and this spiritual growth and empowerment. And I'm curious if you could speak more to that process that you have found be supportive to kind of go through so that maybe it's like, oh, okay, I can see the food behavior and I really understand and can now interpret what's really going on here. Yeah, absolutely. In my latest awakening, if you will, once mm -hmm. I actually felt the feeling, then everything became clear. Right. And I was, I received so much information and I created what I call the seven steps for a path to enlightenment. And I'm getting my master's in women's spirituality. So I put mm -hmm. in my admissions paper, my academic paper for admissions is how the chakra system aligns with the teachings of Mother Mary, of the gospel of Mother Mary. So I combine the two and it's not religious at all. It's just this like spiritual awakening here. And what I discovered is that the seven chakra system is helping us come back into alignment. However, we can get off kilter. So that first one is the root chakra. This is that dark, the darkness. Here, we feel like there is something more for us, but we don't know what it is. And this is where the limiting beliefs are. So we feel kind of stuck by culture. We feel kind of stuck by what society wants us to do, what others' expectations are of us. And if you bring this into the food realm, as I think about this for a moment or feel about this for a moment, what's coming is that I was like, oh, I can't do non-dairy. I can't do non-gluten. It doesn't work. How am I going to eat in society, right? How am I going to go out and have a dinner? How am I going to do these things? And, you know, when I go to my sister's house, like, is, am I going to have to bring my own food, right? So it's like, this is the darkness in where you're questioning, like you feel like you're in a box and you're questioning if you could even get out of it. 
right? It's like, how do I even get out? So that's step one. So in that first step, you're feeling lost. You have this really big resistance and you really want to control. So you're doing all you can in your power to control, which typically comes in overeating, overspending, overworking, overdoing. It's like in those overs so that you could feel like you're in control, but then afterwards it doesn't feel so great. Mm-hmm. And then this step two is that second chakra. This is the desire. So you desire, now you're like, oh no, no, no. I, I not just not only know that like I have this inkling that I want it, like I des- I truly desire this. Like I desire something more. I want, I have a clear vision for, for what this could potentially look like for how I, I may feel. But this is where we get trapped in the emotion. So this is where we could get swayed by the emotional eating or, you know, not feeling one way or another and then trying to do something to hide it. So we may feel confused. We feel really confused in this stage. If you could see me right now going back and Mm -hmm. forth, it's like a water or like an ocean, right? It just goes back and forth. And so you may feel really unproductive, like you want to do something, but you can't. You may uh, have difficulty saying no and setting boundaries. You may feel like, okay, well, I need to be validated. I need people to know that I'm not eating this way or that I am eating this way in order to feel a certain way. And this can be really, really exhausting. Mm-hmm. That's the step two. Step three is the third chakra. This is your solar plexus, your power, but also this is where ignorance lives. So this is like where we judge, where we criticize, where we blame, where we self-punish. And what I realized on my journey is I used food majorly as a self-punishment. I knew that if I ate ice cream, I would get a stomachache and I would do it unconsciously, right? Unconsciously. And then I would get mad at myself for doing it. Right. And so it was like that cycle, that phase. And then what would happen? I would struggle tr- to trust myself. I'm like, well, I couldn't do it. You know, I, I couldn't do it that one day. So I can't do it now. And so in this phase, in this third chakra where ignorance lived, you could feel really alone and misunderstood. And you could take it out on your partner or your kids. This is like where we start to go outward with our power instead of turning inward with our power. And when we want something different, and we know that we want it, this is where our power comes in, we just need to learn how to guide it, to guide that power. And then the fourth is the heart chakra. This is where the first three chakras come up to receive the love that they truly desire, the love that they're worthy of, that they don't have to prove. Okay, so this is where darkness comes to remember it's not alone. This is where desire comes to remember that the true craving for life is to understand yourself and love. And to remember who you are. This is where ignorance comes to remember that it's safe to be yourself, that it's safe to feel love, that it's safe to follow your heart, that it's safe to do what's best for you, even though it may not align with what others want. And so this is, again, this is where it all comes together. However, in this place, you could have so many feelings, but if you dig down under the the rage that you may feel, the resentment that you may feel, the anger that you may feel, the sadness that you may feel, what you're ultimately going to find in the heart is grief. Grief for how you treated yourself, how you treated others, how you showed up, what you ate, what you didn't eat, you know, all of the things. So I'll pause there before I go into the last three steps and just ask, are there any questions? Is there anything that's coming up? Yeah, yeah, no, I, you are beautifully explaining this. And I have absolutely seen a lot of this with those that I've worked with as well of this process that the healing journey is like when you are trying to create a very different relationship with food 
there's just so much to uncover in that all of these habits and patterns started for a reason. You know, like even pointing to what you were talking about of it's unconscious. You aren't consciously doing this. And that we just get to bring in a lot of curiosity. You know, I like to kind of bring in the witness and the observer before you even try to change anything. Let me witness myself in this food behavior over and over and over again that it's, oh, okay, I ate this food. It didn't leave me feeling the way I want to feel. And I ate it anyway. Okay. Noted. You get the craving for the food again. You go and eat it again. You observe again. Oh, got that craving for that food again still didn't make me feel the way I wanted to feel. But we have to kind of bring in this curiosity and this witness to start to slow down what I have found so that we can bring in so much compassion that you're doing this for a reason. It's not anything that is bad or wrong or shameful. Like I like to normalize that sitting with an upset tummy might feel safer than sitting with the grief or sitting with the darkness or sitting with the sadness. We are always choosing which discomfort do I feel like I can navigate and manage and be with. You aren't doing anything wrong when we're talking about, oh, I ate the food that left me feeling bloated or had a tummy ache or, you know, caused a weird bowel movement or gave me a headache or like a sugar hangover, (laughs) like whatever it is. You did that also for a reason because those were the sensations in your body you felt like you could be with. And that that in the moment, that food behavior was your best strategy. You might have not felt like you had a different choice, something else that you could reach out to or lean on. And so it's also like, okay, that was what it was. So I really hear a lot of the the places that you were just talking about show up in my work a lot as well. And it's interesting that, you know, you ended with the heart piece. And I find that, you know, when... I ask in a session, you know, is there an impulse here? Because I like to also tune into body impulses and what the body needs. And a lot of the times it's, ooh, a hand comes right here to the chest. You know, that it's like, oh, we so want to connect back to this heart space, knowing that we've always been doing the best that we can. That's so beautiful. You articulated that so well and just so beautifully stated, especially with the witnessing and the honoring and the compassion and the curiosity that is and i i'm feeling my heart space right now right that is it feels so good there and this is just a remembrance to come back there with no shame no guilt nor judgment right it's just about remembering to come home to come home right here in this body oh yes all (laughs) righty Yeah. So if you want to continue with the the last three, yeah. The fifth is the throat chakra. And I find this interesting because this is where we eat, right? This is where the food comes in. And two things come to mind. One is the tightness of the jaw, right? It's like, okay, am I saying what I need to say? Or am I stuffing what I truly desire to stay? And my daughter, a couple of weeks ago, she said, she mentioned something and she was like, oh, I want this, this, and this in terms of food. It was like a popsicle or something else. And I was asking her, I said, okay, well, you know, 
do you really want that? Like, what is it, you know, does it feel good to you to want that? And I was going deeper and I was with another person who's a healer. And she said, you know, sometimes it's better out to speak out our words than in to consume what may not make us feel good. And my eight-year-old just sat there for a minute, like, wait, what? So she had to sit with it. And then we talked about it. And when we talked about it there, I was like, ah, I had this awakening at the same time that my eight-year-old did. It's like, okay, am I speaking the things that I need to say? Am I saying what feels good to me? Am I sharing my truth? Am I showing up in a way that aligns? And if not, that's okay too. Like you talked about, it's that forgiveness, that compassion, that love that we have for ourselves in all the ways that we show up, in all the ways. And there are times that I make a conscious choice to have a dessert that I like, because that's what feels good. And that's what I want, right? And so we can choose to do what feels good and speak our truth and say what we need. And when we don't, that's when it starts to feel out of alignment. And we just need to remember like, okay, I'm I'm ready to come back into the heart. What do I really need? Do I need that love? Do I need that validation? Do I need to know that I'm going to be okay? What do I need here? And then six is the third eye. And this is where we actually learn. So this is intuition. But what I've discovered is that this is where we see through the eyes of the heart. So this is really about having compassion intuitive compassion. And what I've discovered is that intuition is very feminine. It's a very feminine quality. It's it's a very nurturing quality. And so when we can see through the eyes of our heart, we could see that sometimes we make decisions or we do things that we may criticize ourselves for, right? There's a part, there's a critic, right? You talked about the observer. There's also this critic that exists within us. But understanding, well, what is that critic trying to protect me from? Like, what does it want me to know? What does it think that by doing this action, by eating this food, by by criticizing me for doing what I'm doing, even while I'm doing it, before I'm doing it, after I'm doing it, what does it think that it's going to protect me from? And so as we come into this space of holding, being able to hold ourselves and see ourselves through the eyes of compassion, we can make more intuitively aligned decisions because it doesn't feel like we're going to have this super hardcore critic every time. That's when we develop that beautiful relationship or uncover what that critic really desires, right? And in that process, by the way, whenever we feel out of alignment, when we can't see clearly, when we can't see our future clearly, and when we can't see through the eye of the heart, we're going to question our life's purpose. We're going to question what we're doing. We're going to question our mission. We're going to question how we show up. We're going to question our programs. We're going to question everything that we do. And it's really about coming back within. And then the seven is the crown chakra. So this is about being committed to our divine life path. And when it's, if you want to say out of alignment, it feels like betrayal. It feels like we betray ourselves. And it's not in terms of, let me be really clear, of us betraying ourselves per se. It's more about us being so concerned that we're going to betray someone else right? Like that we won't do what they want and that we would rather betray ourselves. And in that, that could, there could be so much hurt, so much grief, so much sadness, but really so much rage if we're being really honest. Because at the end of the day, when we're doing everything in our power to not 
betray someone else, we're betraying ourselves. We're not being honest about what we want. We're not being honest about what we need. We may get headaches. We may feel get migraines. We may just feel this like tension in our head because we're not truly connected. So this is the phase where we feel so disconnected. We feel shut down. We don't really know how and we do, but we feel like we don't know how to get back into the heart right back into that place. We feel so heady, like so many thoughts, so many things to do. We keep ourselves so busy. This is where we're out and we're not grounded. And again, coming back to the compassion, it's like, okay, well, how do I come back within me, within this body? Where do I feel this in my body? How can I build that relationship to my body? And I believe that the body is also very feminine. And how do I connect with my body and nurture my body in the way that it needs so that I can feel more connected in life? You just powerfully stated all of the many different reasons that our food and body behaviors came in to begin with. You know, you're pointing to the people pleasing, the self abandonment, the, you know, grief, the, we talk a lot about trauma here. You know, all of these things are often underneath the food and body behaviors and that it's actually coming back to, feel how the body feels now and what does it need now so that it gets to feel safe, that it can be attuned to, that its needs are going to be met. And when you were just talking about like at the very beginning, like, okay, the first step is coming into the body. I always like to kind of normalize and that can feel really overwhelming because this is all of the stuff that the body is holding onto that it has to happen so slowly and so gradually and working with someone so that you feel held in the experience that you're not going to drown in all of this. Because my gosh, I mean, just even going through all of that, there's so many things for us to explore on our healing adventures. Absolutely. Yes. And going through this phase, I do highly recommend doing it with someone. I mean, I worked with so many healers doing so many healing modalities because I needed the support. And I still go to healing sessions. And, you know, it's very, very important to me to do my work to come back into my body because I've experienced trauma and to be able to feel again, like, what does it feel like to be me? I've had to uncover what that means Mm -hmm. in my body. Yeah, that's such a potent question. And I'm curious if you could share more about that of what did you start to identify it felt like was not you and what it felt like when you hit on something that was like, oh, yeah, that that's me. Yeah. So I will say this, that I have a lot of compassion for being human. (laughs) (laughs) So even when I'm mad, I'll notice like, okay, I'm mad and I'm going to be I'm okay with that because I'm going to have compassion for myself and I'm going to explore what it means to be fully human. And for me, when it feels like really me, there's a couple way that I ways that I experience it. Number 1, it's like this pure like elation from the heart. It's like this expansion from my heart space which goes out in all directions. I'm giving you what it feels like in my body. And it comes up. So if you were to imagine like a plate, a gold plate of light It just kind of goes like up and down, like an elliptical, like an ellipse. And it's like moves all around. This is what it feels like in my body. It feels good. I feel light. I kind of even feel tingly. Okay. I could have never got there to understand what this feels like without releasing what was in my body. 
Right. Because I don't know if you've ever read the book by Megan Watterson, Mary Magdalene Revealed, but she so eloquently shares that our bodies hold on to everything that we're not ready to process until we are. And it's just so beautiful to know and to say, oh my gosh, thank you, body. Thank you for holding on to this for me because I wasn't ready. And now I am, or maybe I'm not yet, right? Either way. And now I am ready to process it. And thank you so much for holding it. It's kind of like we're carrying this invisible backpack around Mm -hmm. that we are able to take it out and to set things down and they don't all have to go on the journey with us. We can set them free, right? They're stuffed, they're stored. And they don't necessarily want to be. (laughs) And so if we could just let them be, let them expand and let them do what they want. I feel like when I go down to it, when I do the deep, deep, deep healing work and uncover the shame or the humiliation or the guilt or the grief or or the anger, whatever is down there, what I've discovered is that they really just want to do what they came here to do. And so when we allow them to do that, then it's like we're set free. Yeah, I love that addition of that our body is holding on to it for us. Like it makes me think of the body more as this treasure chest that is holding on to all of these gold nuggets <laughs> for us to explore and yes. that we get to choose when we go on that adventure. Oftentimes, I think a lot, especially in the the healing world, there's this push, 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 you know, go as deep, as fast as you can towards the healing that you need to go to uncover all the things. Sometimes that's not the most supportive thing. You kind of have to go with the pace that you're ready for so that you don't completely overwhelm yourself. And, you know, we've talked about the window of tolerance here, like knock yourself out of your window of tolerance that then you feel so completely overwhelmed. So I love that imagery that it's just, okay, your body's going to hold on to this for now. And when you're ready to kind of scuba dive in, you can go pick up another gold nugget and explore that and receive the wisdom that it has to provide you. But you get to choose that for yourself. Yes, yes, absolutely. And I love that you call it a gold nugget. I'll just go a little deeper there because every time that I've gone in to do deep healing work, every time I go within, what I uncover is a gold nugget. Like underneath what I thought or what I perceived or what I experienced, I want to be very real. Like some of the things that I experienced were very valid. Once I uncover it and set that part of me free, it is like a light, like a golden nugget of information or of guidance or of wisdom or of knowledge or of truth that I'm able to move forward in my life with. It's like, I'll use an example. So one of the gifts that I have is to intuit, is to, I'm very intuitive, right? So claircognizance, clairsentience, clairaudience. I have these very, very clear clears, but I didn't always have them. Once I did the healing work, and we all have the gifts, once I did the healing work, then they uncovered, then they unfolded. And I found The parts of me that were scared or concerned or terrified inside of me, the ones that were very vulnerable or very just stuck, if you will, in that time in that space, once I set them free, they had the greatest gifts of them all. It was those ones that have the greatest gifts of them all. And so as I did that and set myself free, then my gifts were set free, right? So I have this this quote that I say that, you know, I healed, which opened my intuitive gifts. And now I use my gifts to heal. What we're looking for when they say everything is within you, it truly is. It's just finding those golden nuggets. 
Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. It makes me think of, you know, a lot of the times I was told when I was younger, I'm too sensitive. I received that message a lot. And and to actually, through the process of stepping into the work that I do, had to reclaim my sensitivity as my superpower. And that actually it is the sensitivity that I have within my body that makes me so good at what I do because I pick up on a lot. I completely understand what you're talking about right now, that the parts of us that were either told that they're wrong and that they need to change about ourselves or that we have shamed and we have told ourselves that, oh, this is a bad thing about me, are actually the parts of ourselves that hold the most power and that provide us the greatest gifts in our life. And that when we reclaim them, we actually get to start to, I hate to use this like very cliche thing, but feel like a little bit more whole. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, we don't have to disown these parts of ourselves anymore. It's like, oh, this is a part of me and it's not a shameful, bad part of me. It's actually a wonderful part of me. Yes. So beautifully said. Yes. Yes. I love it. Yeah. So as you have guided individuals in this work, you know, I usually like to kind of wrap up with a baby step for individuals to kind of walk away with that if they were going to take a baby step towards starting to tap into where they maybe feel blocks in their chakras or, you know, even things that you have started to explore with how does one slowly start to come into their body? You know, what is a baby step that you typically like to offer? Yeah. So there's two things that are coming to mind right now. One is breathing into the body, just starting to get into the body and to get curious about it. That is with the caveat. If it's too much, stop, right? We have that power. I think sometimes we forget we'll get into a meditation and be like, oh, well, this is a lot. And then think we have to continue. Stop. You are a sovereign being. You have your own authority. Do what feels good to you. But coming into the body with breath, I have this breath technique that I have learned that you breathe in for seven, hold for four, and then release for seven, hold for four. And so you can imagine that as you breathe in, you're coming up your chakra system for the seven, and then you hold it on the top for the four. And then as you breathe out, you're going back down through the chakra system, through, so through your spine, and you're holding it at the bottom for four. So you just continuously do this breath up for seven, hold down for seven. And you could do it two times, you could do it 10 times, whatever feels good to you. So that's something that comes. Another thing is that as I've been on this journey and helped many women, I've discovered that there's three types of healing archetypes. So there's the emerging empath. So she like she knows that she was made for something more and she could feel it inside of her, but she doesn't know what it is. She's the one that's been like, I'm too sensitive and I know that I want to... I don't like to use the word overcome, so I'm not going to use that word, but I know that I want to understand this. Mm -hmm. And then there's the, the loyal light worker. So she's like, I know that I've come here to serve the light and to help and to guide people on their journey. And she has been through a lot because she had to go through it in order to serve in the way she was called. And then there's the hidden healer. And the hidden healer is here to help those heal, to help them regain their consciousness, if you will, to awaken to their soul's purpose, to just really be both the empath, the light worker, and the healer, to be all of it, right? And we're all a little bit of it. But what I did is with working with the hundreds of women, I took this information that I've gathered through research because I have an engineering degree. So like my engineering brain loves it. And I put together a quiz. And this quiz really helps you understand yourself. And that's what I love about it. 
It helps you understand just some of the struggles and challenges that you may face. And in e- and this is all free, by the way. And then on the last page, you'll get a 10-page document. And then on the last page or the second to last page, you get a recorded meditation to help you. And one of them is a body scan. So it'll help you through it. So I just want to offer that in case anybody's like, oh, I want to do something more that's a little bit more guided. You have that as well. Oh, wonderful. Awesome. Yeah, I will absolutely put that in the show notes. And, you know, that is a beautiful uh, segue into how can individuals keep in touch with you and where can they find you and your work in the world? Yeah. So it's love personal growth. I've taken the time to make it a registered trademark. So at love personal growth, both on Instagram and Facebook, and then www.lovepersonalgrowth.com. Yeah. yeah. And I will also list that as well. And thank you so much for sharing that wisdom and all your wisdom today and just the journey that you've been on. You know, I find that our healing paths just get to be kind of a, a guiding light for others sometimes that there's hope on this journey that things can and will change that where you are now is, I also don't love to say the the saying of like, is exactly where you need to be because sometimes where you are is really, really difficult and you don't deserve to be there either. And that there is hope that you will be at some other place in some other point in time in your life eventually and that things, they can change. You know, and all of what you have been talking about here is like, it's just taking those baby steps of like, okay, can I come back inside and look within me of what do I need right now? And I appreciate those resources that you offered as well, because we're not meant to do this journey alone. And thank you so for eloquently and beautifully stating just you did so wonderful and bringing back what we said back into the body, having compassion and having that curiosity and empowering women to know, to know that they are divinely guided and that there is guidance for them and that there is help for them. So thank you for doing that. Yeah. Well, such a a wonderful connection to have made. I'm so glad that you reached out. And to all that are listening, if you have any questions, as always, for each of us, I will leave our contact information in the show notes. And thank you so much for being here, listening to this. I hope you offer yourself so much compassion and gentleness towards yourself today. And I will talk with you all again real soon. Bye.